Welcome to the Unraveled Love Podcast. Our mission is to help you unravel your heart to wholeheartedly love God. In this series on spiritual growth, Stacy and Carol share their stories, experiences, and what they've learned as they cooperate with God on their journeys of faith, always remembering only God makes things grow. This episode is an example of praying God's Word through scripture-based prayer using the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew 6, 5-13. Enjoy. Whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray while standing in the synagogues and on street corners so that people can see them. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So pray this way. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we ourselves have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Welcome. I'm here with Carol. This is the Unraveled Love Podcast. And we are currently doing a series on spiritual growth centered on the parable of the sower. And over our time together, we've planted his word. We have watered that word with prayer. And today we are going to offer a sort of prayer guide because part of the heart of our podcast is not only to talk about spiritual growth, to share our experiences and understanding, but also to sort of practice that. And along the way, we've come across meditations, praying scripture, different aspects of prayer that we've worked into our spiritual lives and have produced fruit, I believe. And so today we are going to share one of those with you. It's basically an exercise in praying scripture. And today we'll be looking at the Lord's Prayer that many have memorized. So it's a word that we can use and pray into our lives. Yeah, and I don't know that when Jesus spoke these words, the disciples came and said, well, how do you pray? Um, How are we supposed to pray? Teach us to pray. I'm not sure Jesus, well, I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't intend for it to be a rote type of prayer, even though I think that has its place. I've said it in worship for all the decades I've been in church. There's always this time in our worship that we say the Lord's Prayer or we pray the Lord's Prayer. But I also think that Jesus meant this in a very personal way. Yes, because he gives this teaching right before he teaches them the Lord's Prayer, the model for prayer. He gives some warnings about how not to pray. And he says, don't be like the hypocrites who make a big scene, make sure their prayers are heard for their own glory. And he also says, don't babble. Don't use a lot of words over and over but approach God like a father who knows our hearts. Recently, I saw this in my own prayer life. I was journaling, which is the way that I pray. That's the most familiar with me in prayer. And it started a long time ago. And I noticed that I really wasn't connected to the words that I was writing. And I thought, huh, what's going on here? And I could write whole sentences of prayer, not paying attention. 
And so I sort of had to do a little bit of confession on that, that this way of praying that I've developed over a long period of time has now sort of become some babbling. And uh, I kind of put my pen down and thought, okay, it speaks right to this scripture. And I thought, what? Okay, how do I pray now? How are you calling me to pray now, Lord? Because I've gotten into this rote tradition and ritual. Lord, teach me to pray. (laughs) Exactly. And so uh, I'm sort of on that journey a little bit right now in my prayer life. Well, and part of the danger, I think, in the Lord's Prayer, using it word for word, we can do that, not connect, and it becomes more tradition. And even in corporate prayer, uh, we don't always engage our hearts. We just say it and we check the box that we have prayed in worship today. We have prayed without connecting. And I think that can become a babbling when it's really intended to connect us with God. The Bible study we're doing right now called Pray from the Daily Grace Company talks about being in Scripture as a prompt for prayer, as something that should inspire prayer. And I sort of sat in that a little bit this morning, thinking about how when we read God's Word, planting it in our hearts, it should promote questions, adoration or praise of God, or we read something that we think we want, or something that we want for somebody else, and it should spur us to intercede, and it just it should be like a conversation starter. Even the Lord's Prayer should be a conversation starter with God. I'm reading a book right now called The Discipline of Intimacy, and he talks about using the Lord's Prayer as the framework for prayer and even breaks it down into one-word phrases. Our Father. That's a two-word phrase. Two-word phrase. <laughs> He breaks it down into one, two, sometimes more, but it's very small phrases. And the first one just really caught me, Our Father. And he went on to encourage the readers to just consider how you approach your father. And that's brought up a lot of contemplation for me, some thinking about that. How do I view God as my father? And what are the words that I can connect with that that make it personal for me? So I'm excited about what we're going to guide our listeners through this morning because it's a type of praying God's Word that really brings it around to a personal aspect. You want to tell them where you found it? (laughs) Well, we went to a Renovare conference slash retreat this last June, and one of the workshops that they were having was called Festooning. which was based on a sort of C.S. Lewis teaching or what he did with words. He was a writer. And festooning actually means a garland of flowers to decorate something, make it beautiful, add to it with a personal touch, adding beauty. And one way this was described by Richard Foster, this festooning, is to think of it as decorating a Christmas tree. The Lord's Prayer is like the tree And the various ornaments and tinsel is the festooning, are the words we add. Stacy just gave us our Father. So what can we add to that? Yeah, it might be images. In this specific way, we're going to actually use words. But, you know, the image of somebody to run to comes to mind. And it's really just as simple as that. 
Mm-hmm. It's taking these phrases, this block of prayer that Jesus has taught and breaking down in it and really praying through each phrase. Like, I come to you this morning as my Father who loves me, cares for me, provides for me. So today we're going to actually be doing a guided version of this prayer, a festooning, which is actually done with writing. So we would encourage you to grab a journal if you have one. The Lord's Prayer is the framework, and we're going to take those phrases and ask questions about it on a personal level and think of words that would expand our understanding of each phrase. Right. We are not altering the Lord's Prayer in any way. This is taking the Lord's Prayer the way He taught His disciples to pray as a model. So let's just walk through that right now, what it looks like to take the Lord's Prayer in short phrases and how it might be elaborated on from a personal perspective. So it begins, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, is a more traditional translation. With a word we don't use very often, hallowed. And so that is actually a word that means to revere, to honor. I will confess, I have made my own translation of the Lord's Prayer that helps me engage my heart more. And I say, Our Father in heaven, high and lifted up be your name, that it would be exalted not only by me, but by everyone in my home, (laughs) in my church, in my city and nation. You know, you can take it wherever you want him to be exalted. He deserves to be exalted. Well, and that word name actually refers to God's character. Mm -hmm. Or reputation is another great word to think about that. We want his reputation to be good in the world. So some of the things I think about that we do for this particular kind of prayer is what words describe God, His character, His name, what attributes are there about God that we praise Him for. And I often hear songs during this time of prayer because a lot of the praise songs and a lot of the hymns that we sing in church or in your car like me are actually phrases of scripture that offer praise to God. So those are some ideas. Yes. And it's also, it's just a time to praise and adore God and to make it even more personal for where you are. Maybe you're struggling with something in your life. Maybe there's a health issue for you or one of your loved ones. Then whatever you have personally going on, consider an attribute that speaks to that need. Like you might spend some time praising Him as healer if that's where you need to connect with Him and who you need Him to be in your life right now. And then the next phrase, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For me, that word kingdom... In the Greek, I did a little study of it because I always kind of thought that was heaven in general. We're just waiting for heaven to come, Jesus to come back. But the literal Greek, the word they use is not a physical place. It's the rule and reign. So that is also part of my translation in this part of the Lord's Prayer is your rule and reign come, your will be done. And part of mine in this area is to align myself with God's word. That rule and reign is in my heart first. Absolutely. And so to align my thoughts and actions and will with what God's word says is truth and 
to transform those desires that I have that aren't in his rule and reign, that he is calling me to lay down. It's not a part of his kingdom. Yes, there's a couple of things along that line is that, first of all, as much as we want to change the world and other people, we only have the ability to make changes in our life and to be willing to let God come in and transform our will into His. And the other thing that's caught me is I've spent time in the in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth. Well, we are all earthly vessels made from dirt, if you remember in Genesis. So I often pray that His rule and reign would come to this earthly vessel, this jar of clay, and that His will be done in me. Give us this day our daily bread. This was in our Bible study on pray a couple of weeks ago, and I found that I don't usually pray for my daily needs. Weird, I know. I pray for future needs. I pray for others, but I didn't really consider what that looked like in my life, and so I really just asked God, how do I pray for my daily needs? I mean, you know I need to eat, and I probably would like some shelter, those things that are just common to all people. So I've been practicing this on a very specific level, not what I need for the future, but looking at the day and considering what are the needs for today. And that's been really eye-opening for me. He only gave manna for the day. Yes. For me, this part of the prayer usually doesn't necessarily cover physical needs. If we're traveling, then it would be Love some safe travel today, Lord, some wide open spaces on the road, which I think of as physical. But for the most part, blessed in a way where I have shelter, food, clothes, that that's not a something I really concern myself with. He's already provided it, I feel like. And so a lot of this time is spent in time and space. Show me how to order my day, Lord, for even what preparing me for what's ahead, but what needs to get done today that I'll be ready and able to do the things you call me to already have on my calendar for next week. Mm-hmm. Help me know where I'm supposed to spend my time today. Where am I supposed to be physically, mentally, and emotionally? That's good. Mm-hmm. And also relationally, we can pray for those relational needs if we have a conflict in our home, or if we're spending time with someone we don't usually get to spend time with, we can ask for how to connect with them. How do I love them today? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. A little time to deal with confession. <laughs> time to figure out exactly what you need to confess. That, that's true also. One of my understandings of repentance is the big deal is we have to come into agreement with God about what those sins are first mm-hmm. before we can even confess them. Yeah, what idols do I have I put before you? What priorities are in the way? Is there some bitterness? Those are some things that have just cropped up. What's my motivation behind doing something, even if the something is good? Mm-hmm. Is it self-motivated or is it God-motivated? So there's all of these things that if you just ask the Holy Spirit, He will answer Faithful to reveal. And for me, embracing my sinful nature has become very important because what I've recognized is that the work Jesus did on the cross is not that glorious unless you understand what he paid for for you. If you have not embraced your sin and darkness to the fullest of its extent or potential, then you really can't see Jesus as 
someone you need or what he did for you as a gift for you. And the more that I have been willing to embrace the sinful places in my life and bring those to him and receive his forgiveness, the more I am so willing to forgive others. So as we receive that forgiveness from Christ, come to know and experience his grace for us, we really want to share it with others. Mm -hmm. So if you ask, who do I need to forgive? And once you've been filled up with his grace, it's not that big a step to begin to forgive others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There are all sorts of temptations out there. I find it interesting that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, lead us not into temptation, because I think of Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit right after his baptism into 40 days of fasting and being tempted by the enemy to prepare him for his ministry. And anytime we're called to fast, that's just an invitation for temptation. I think spiritual growth in general is an invitation for it is. temptation. Yes. When you decide to draw close to God, read his word, pray daily, whatever it is, you are opening the door to temptation. And it comes in all shapes and sizes. Well, and the beauty of this phrase is that there's this whole idea of deliverance. Mm-hmm. So when we fall, which we will, because this is not a, you can do it all. It's a growth. It's a process. It's a learning. And Or when we first go, oh, you know what? That is a temptation or something I want to put out of my life. And you begin this walk in that, then falling is sort of part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, we learn where we're tempted when mm-hmm. we fall. And one of the ways that I take this lead us not into temptation is to ask for discernment from God. Help me to see those traps that the enemy is laying for me. Help me to know my own heart and what's going to draw me away or what's going to pull me into a place that I don't need to be. And then if you find yourself there, there's always this deliverance. Yes. Another aspect of this to remember is that we do have an enemy. We have a spiritual enemy who is out to derail us from our relationship with God And it's not so much as to not cast blame on yourself when you do fall for temptation, but to understand the reality of the things you're tempted by and fall to have somebody who sets you up for failure Mm. and to be able to accept that and let God lead you and guide you. Reminds me of Paul's words. We battle not against flesh and blood, that there is spiritual warfare and that it is real. And then you'll find in some texts, some translations... A final phrase that says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. For me, this is a time to reaffirm his right to rule and reign over all the requests that you brought him today and just affirm that you trust his rule and reign and want his rule and reign in your life. And just a reminder that we're talking about eternal things, having an eternal perspective, a forever perspective. Which we often forget in our little flesh, urgent, Mm -hmm. painful needs. And then finally, we end our prayers with amen, Amen, which does not mean signing off goodbye. (laughs) It is a Hebrew word transliterated almost into every language. Universally, Christians use amen to end their prayers, no matter what language they're praying in is one thing I've read. And what it actually means, it's another affirmation. It means, let it be, let it be so, in the Gospels even, where Jesus says, truly, truly, 
He's saying, amen and amen. So it's saying, this is true. We want it to be true. The prayer requests we brought to you today were true. It's what's on our heart. We worship God in spirit and truth. So it's sort of an affirmation saying that we've come before you honestly, truthfully, to the best of our ability, and we want you to do what you're going to do with it. Let it be so. Let it be so. So for the remainder of our time together... We are going to actually walk through the Lord's Prayer in a meditative or contemplative style where we'll use each phrase, begin with each phrase, and then ask a few questions or speak some phrases that might prompt you to be able to festoon or decorate this framework in a very personal way. So before we begin our actual prayer time, you may want to gather a journal, pen, and your Bible. The Lord's Prayer can be found, Matthew 6, it begins in verse 9. Let's take a few minutes and center our thoughts, let go of things that are on our minds, set them aside, you can pick them up later. Invite the Holy Spirit to come and make you aware of His presence. The disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, pray then like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Consider for a moment why and how our Father in heaven should be exalted, honored, revered, and obeyed. Think of a word that describes God. Considering where you are in your world today, who do you need God to be? What aspect of his character do you need to be reminded of? Listen, is there a song or phrase of a song that comes to mind? Praise Him. Delight in Him. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. What things come to mind, circumstances, relationships, situations, where you desire God's kingdom to come. Where do you long to see his rule and reign take over? How is God calling you to align yourself with his will, his way, and his word? What do you need to surrender to God for his will to be done in your life? the lives of those you love. Give us this day our daily bread. Take a few minutes to think about your day. 
What needs do you have? Physically? Mentally? Emotionally? Spiritually? Relationally? Are there circumstances you desire God to be present in? To make provision for? What do you want God to supply for your needs today? Ask God what word you need today from Scripture. Turn your schedule, your commitments, and your responsibilities over to His plan. Ask God to order your day. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Consider those places where you know you owe a debt because of your sin. Confess them to Him. Recognize the places of guilt, shame, or regret. What do they point you to? Ask Holy Spirit to convict you of what you need to confess. Seek God's way in how to receive forgiveness. Open your heart to receive His grace. Consider those whom you believe owe you a debt. Be willing to take the grace you've received from God and pour it out on them. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Reflect on your fear, your doubt, your anger. Consider how these things are tempting you. What scripture is God calling you to use in the face of temptation. Look at your life for a moment. Where do you run to for comfort, security, or to establish your worth? Are they legitimate choices? Are they rooted in God? Ask God for discernment to recognize the temptations you are subject to. Ask God to reveal the snares and traps the enemy has laid for you today. Ask for his guidance around them. Ask him for deliverance through them. Ask for God's strength to resist the temptation of the enemy. 
and the humility to cry out for help when you need deliverance. Ask for the faith to receive His grace when you fall. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Ask God to give you eternal perspective. Reaffirm your trust in His rule and reign in your life. Speak your willingness to have His authority rule over you in every area of your life. Close your time of prayer by asking Him to glorify Himself through you. And in all these things, let it be so. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this offering and are inspired to pursue the work of unraveling the loves of your heart to the one true love who brings growth to your life. For more about Unraveled Love, visit unraveledlove.com where you will find free resources available to help prepare your heart to come alongside God in growing your faith, including a guide based on the Lord's Prayer called When You Pray, Say. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Unraveled Love Jville. We invite you to rate this podcast, subscribe, and share it with others. Blessings to you and yours.